You're listening to Wake Up Tucson. This podcast is a Bustos Media production on The Voice. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Oh, my Lord. Look at you. Matt's in the mood for a Friday. Good job, man. Don't ever do that again. No, just kidding. Good morning, Matthew. Only on Mondays. (laughs) Good morning. (laughs) How are you? I am uh, virile, vigorous, and potent. Woo! How about that? It is I, (laughs) the G-Man. It is I, the G-Man. We have... uh, A review of and comment upon the news. Let's go to Wesley Pruden from the Washington Post. Washington Times, excuse me. Forgive me, Wesley. Washington's premier newspaper, the Washington Times. (laughs) Oh, it's going to be one of those days. Uh, 645, Dan Spencer, the Filthy Pirates. 707, Divine Bovine, Ben Ryan. Uh, wear your stretchy pants, Matthew. Um, then um, we have Ashley. you wear the- pants today? What, uh- what the heck? It's Friday. <laughs> I didn't. Um, Patty did not approve. Pants. I didn't see it in writing, so I just figured. Patty did not approve Pantsless Friday. <laughs> it's one of your ideas. We have, a suge- we have a suggestion box over here in the green room. And uh, Matt the uh, stuck an, on that an, anonymously put pantsless Friday, and uh, it's it's a no. I'll pull a Costanza. Sh- should I not have done that? <laughs> 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 now you tell me. <sighs> McCluskey will be here today. Ashley from the U of A racetrack program at Rita Racetrack will be here. Uh, also, so it's uh, it's going to go fast and furious as. Uh, Vin Diesel would say. President Obama would say. (laughs) Oh, damn. (laughs) Damn. Never forget. You know, that's part of mine and uh, Matt's curse, right, and blessing is we never forget. And that's one of those things. So you mentioned it yesterday. I'm going to mention it again today. I even put the clip (laughs) on the best of. I loved how right out of the gate, after you took him completely off balance with the uh, Viagra shed joke, um, uh, the... Stiff winds in Green Valley or whatever. Dan Shearer immediately <laughs> launches into how he's glad that Lori Lightfoot lost the lost the mayor's race in Chicago because four years ago, you know, she said she would only give uh, interviews to reporters, uh, persons of color who are reporters. And so, and Dan, hold on to this thing. It was so great. Well, so then, let's just build on the Lori Lightfoot thing real quick, right? So then she comes out yesterday or the two days ago and says she lost because she's a black woman, right? And everyone's a bunch of racists, and that's why, you know, this is why she she lost, right? Well, Matt, um, one of our one of our analysis analysts looked at of the nine people who were running for mayor, how many of them were black? Siete. That's uh, seven, if for all of you other folks out there. So seven of nine. Okay, now we're gonna do, we're gonna do math on the air, right? And we're gonna do seven divided by nine. So seventy-eight eight percent. Thank you. Seventy-eight percent of all the mayor candidates in Chicago were black, but Lori Lightfoot lost because she was black. Just want to let everyone know that. Just 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 as she goes out in a blaze of glory. Right? Just go out just as just as bad of as you were as the actual mayor. Just going out like a dog. Like a dog. So I do want to thank everyone for their uh 
you know, some of you old grumps out there, uh, why are we sharing pictures of the snow? Chill out. We live in Tucson. We don't have we don't have we don't have much to live for around here anymore. Just kidding. Um, so uh, I did like this one. Uh, Bidneric put this up on his Facebook page. It's like winter's really mad, keeps storming out of the room, but then coming back yelling. And another thing, we got that going. Uh, let's see what else we got going. Uh, we should talk about that. Uh, what else do we got here today? Let's go through the rundown real quick. Um, we're going to talk about the Washington Post walking back on COVID origins. We have an interesting thing about, um, and this uh, comes from uh, the um, the liberal patriot. This has to do with um, global trust of the news. So we're going to talk about a, a little survey on global trust of the news, and it actually takes a look at pre-post-Brexit and Trump getting elected through uh, lockdown time and looking at what countries trust their media least and most. So I want to get to that. Um, the U.S. Senate, yes, the Senate, voted vote to declassify government documents on COVID-19 origins. We'll talk about that. Um, Diane Feinstein is hospitalized with shingles. And then there's a couple of other senators missing, which actually leaves an interesting, uh, what's the balance in the U S Senate for the next two or two or three weeks. Uh, let's see. We got Marty. Uh, I want to talk about this, uh, GOP supermajority rule. Um, this is something that came up on, um, channel three up in Phoenix. Um, Chris, Chris Mays, the uh, barely who barely became the attorney general over quote honest Abe, <laughs> uh, investigating uh, a, a certain government body. We'll talk about that. Uh, parents march to support ESA programs. We got to get to that. Okay, let's do that. Um, Let's and then this weekend, of course, is um, <laughs> Bill Number One. Thongs, sarongs, and kilts are out. Then, hmm. I don't. I don't know if I'm going to pursue this. Uh, this. 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 Uh, sequence of questioning, as we like to say. Anyway, uh, let's go to break. Um, give us a holler. Anything you want to. Anything you want to talk about, I don't care. Remember, I, I can roll with a lot of things. So you want to talk about uh, what are you streaming? You want to talk about great food things, how to make p the best oven fried potatoes? I'm here. Let's just do it. Let's get going. Uh, you're on Wake Up Tucson, 1030 The Voice, local news and talk. Remember, we're doing a look at you. You can, you can start again. Just just play the first song. That's okay. We're not here professionally. You played that yesterday. Come on. There we go. I, I I snuck up on poor Matt. That's what I thought. Happened. I thought I I thought I clicked in there. That's all right. There we go. Just yeah, a, it is a little early. Just a random bunch of stuff today on a Friday. There were no birthdays really worth the crap. I think the the roadie for Thin Lizzy, but you know nothing major. You're on Wake Up Tucson, ten thirty. The Voice. Let's start off with George and My Sweet Lord. Here we go. There you go, Mateo. Nice job. 
from the Wake Up Tucson uh, mail archives of the last four minutes, uh, listener Luke, Lori Lightfoot also ignores the fact that Chicago also elected a black woman mayor four years ago. <laughs> Damn you and your Vulcan logic, Luke. Uh, Bev has a character al- uh, character actor suggestion for uh, the movie guy, Mark Van Buren. She wants to top ten top ten movies of Jack Elam, which would make bunker 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 go bonkers if we did that. So we know a lot of our friends out there, listeners, like to go to San Diego, and some of you have second homes in San Diego. Um, and we never see you from the day after U of A graduation till Labor Day. Uh, <laughs> Therefore, they <laughs> technically can't wear white shoes in Tucson, really. So uh, the San Diego Tribune, I have a buddy who's going to San Diego literally tomorrow for a few days, and I just sent him to this before. This comes from the Billy number two research department um sewage pollution spilling over the border from tijuana into san diego not only threatens the health of surfers and swimmers but now those simply breathing the air so when you thought they had the hepatitis breakout due to you know plethoras of public defecations okay uh, this is a, a study from the UC San, San Diego Scripps Institute of Oceanography. I've actually been there to the one in San Diego. Uh, published Thursday in the journal Environmental Sciences and Technology, which found sewage-linked bacteria in sea spray aerosols at Imperial Beach. Masks. Masks. <laughs> Quote, once the pollutants become airborne, that means so many more people can be exposed to the pollutants, said Kathy, excuse me, Kathy Prather. Kim Prather, principal investigator. Um, now, here's a, here's, a, here's a job. Director of the Center of Aerosol Impacts on Chemistry of envi- on the Environment at Scripps. Oh, D. Does that, does that, does that also, including, including the ocean aerosols, that include Aquanet? That's what I want to know. <laughs> Thank um, you. Do they still still Aquanet? I'm sure Uh, they do. uh, It extends well beyond just people going to the beach and getting in the water. She started swabbing. Ooh, who knew I was going to say this line? uh, This line. Her plans. Her plan. Her team plans to start swabbing lifeguards. Hello. (laughs) I see a mask mandate coming for us. Surfers and others gauge the extent of respiratory exposure. This is the tip of the iceberg. We're trying to keep everybody calm. <laughs> Everyone calm down. You're breathing sewage. Calm down. <laughs> There's many sewage bombs in the air you're breathing. Um, the uh, study uh, following rain events of early 2019, taking air and water samples of... Tijuana River, Imperial Beach Pier, and the Scripps Pier in La Jolla. Jewel. Uh, and that rhymes with La Jolla, one of my favorite New Mexican restaurants in Tucson, Arizona. How's that for a How's that for a little jump over? Using DNA sequencing, the team linked up to 76% of the airborne bacteria in the Imperial Beach to the polluted, heavy, heavily polluted river. 
So 76% of the airborne bacteria at Imperial Beach is coming from the heavily polluted Tijuana River. So we got... We got we got we got that going for us, as we like like to say. She's like, I can't even escape Tucson and going over there. So, uh, what else do we got here today? Oh man, I do want to play in the next segment. Uh, we the uh, the Valerie Cavazos piece on the free to kill. We didn't get to it yesterday. Very important. Um, Attorney General Chris Mays is investigating if the this, this is. This is this is interesting. So I have a Tucson channel covering a story of the attorney general is uh, investigating the Cochise County Board of Supervisors for violating an open meeting law, according to a letter she sent the board. Um, so the Board of Supes voted for recorder David Stevens to take over the position of election director. However, Mays says the board member may have a board member may have solicited a vote during a work session. So it is interesting to see open meeting open meetings violations happen all the time. All the time. But this one. I just I'm I'm just so <laughs> that that knows where I'm going with this. So Usually an open meeting violations, you could get a slap in the hand on a letter, right? Uh, and really the worst we've ever seen, I think, is they make you go to a class. Whatever official violated it, there's an online. It's like getting your, you know, when you go to the online thing when you get a ticket? I feel like it's the same thing, right? There's, you know, some guy going, so you've opened... Press A if you've re- violated an open meeting vol- violation. Press B if you've... Uh- sexually harass somebody on a work trip <laughs> that's that's it was needed in the last several years in, in city government of tucson but um so again i'm like i'm like uh, don corleone in the bank there right i'm uh, i'm gonna i'm gonna be a little pessimistic about chris mays and what's going on here so we just gotta watch it right is for things that we usually see as slap in the hand things and we don't see letters being sent out and pre- I assume Marcos Icahuate over at Kgun 9 got a press release about this. So I know the some people in state government are not happy that the Cochise County Board of Supervisors uh, didn't vote too fast to... Uh, approve the canvas of the 2022 election. I just, I'm not, I'm not going, I'm not going full conspiracy theory here. I'm just saying everyone needs to watch how Chris Mays or Katie Hobbs or any of these folks want to, if there's any other interactions between, um, the, those people and putting their thumb down on the, Cochise County Board of Supervisors. So, you know, Matt, I'm just a little, little suspect, little suspect. Just a bit. Just, just. Let, let me use the scientific phrase. Just a smidge. Just a smidge. Um. So it was nice to see. Um, this is from Ariano Araiza over at Arizona Daily Independent. Parents, children, and educators, children and educators, on Wednesday marched to the state capitol uh, to support an education voucher program, what, which Governor Katie Hobbs says she wants to dismantle. Now, 
Katie is going to be amazingly triggered. So, Katie, if you're listening to Wake Up Tucson right now, which is a small shot, I want you to shut off your radio, right, and go stare at your poster of Rahina Romero on your wall and, and dream about brushing your hair or whatever you do. Okay? Just letting you know. Janelle Wood, again, Katie, you've been warned. She's the founder and chief executive of the Black Mothers Forum. Calm down, Katie. Calm down. I know black mothers make you possibly a little uncomfortable, according to court documents. She said she organized the rally in support of empowerment scholarship uh, accounts. The state-funded program helps to lift children living out of lower-income households, she said. Quote, if we want education to be their true pathway out of poverty, we must provide it in a different mode that is needed so children can get the education they need. It gives parents the opportunity and the funding to pay for services they're not able to receive in the traditional public school setting. Hold on, Janelle's getting a... She spoke as uh, dozens of marchers trudged, trudged around... Trudged? Come on. Trudged? What, 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 trudging? Come on! We're, we're, I, they, they look pretty happy to me in the video. This woman's got a beautiful smile. They have a, they have a picture of Naisha Miller, Miller, a teacher at the uh, at the at a Black Mothers Forum uh, school, joins other forum members and marchers. Katie, Katie, probably. I mean, if they're try, Katie had to be hiding. I mean, there were multiple black women running around. Her, her building, which, as we know, does not make her very happy. Um, let's see. The uh, ESA allow parents to receive $7,000 annually in state money for a child in grades K through 12, whether homeschooling, disability help, or other programs. Supporters at the rally say it puts parents at the forefront of their children's education. Critics such as Hobbs say it siphons, siphons money from public schools to private ones. Her proposed state budget allocates no funds to ESAs, though it's unclear if the governor has the power to financially hobble the program. Wood say that children's, this is back to Janelle Wood, said children of all races, ethnicities, and incomes need the program. Now here's, here, here's, here's, the, here's, the, here's the power statement that Katie really doesn't want to hear from Janelle Wood. Quote, not only white parents want this, that black, brown, indigenous parents need this type of program, unquote. That doesn't fit the narrative, does it? No. Not their narrative. No, 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 no. And again, that idea of siphoning off of public schools. Please. In the end, why why was this educational freedom dynamic, why did it increase over the last 20 years since uh, the state legislature started opening up the uh, ESAs in relation to kids with different kinds of challenges also open enrolling in any school you want right it's because public schools have a record of sucking that's where you're at and so this is when we all the chamber losers like to say workforce development i can't have workforce development in a state of several million people if you can't freaking read or you know i know two plus two is a little tough for some of them i can't believe the curses here Woo! This is a kickoff of a Friday. The mystery informant, friend, ally, the curse is in the house. That's why we're playing Stevie Nicks. He's a big Stevie Nicks fan. Wake up, Tucson. Oh.
it's time to rebuild the Wake Up Tucson, like Tucson Pliskin Acres playlist again, because this would be right there, right? Twilight Zone by Golden Aaron. I mean, woo! It's a little too close. It's a little too close. A little too close. Uh, we got the curses here. We got our good friend Dan Spencer from uh, Filthy Pirate on the on deck circle, as we say. And what's that sport again with the on deck circle? They have that with the little with the wood thing and the and the rawhide cricket. Sphere. I don't know something <laughs> <laughs> curling. <laughs> so let's go to <clears throat> KOLD. And let's go to Val Cavazos, <clears throat> who at least is, I mean, she's got two jobs, right? She's anchoring and doing Bud Foster's job at the same time, right? <clears throat> and she's feeling like, a, I mean, how long is this guy? This is a six minute, uh, this is six minute, 11 seconds. I mean, that's literally 50% of the KOLD newscast. That's not even 30 seconds of Dreamy Dan introducing introducing the piece. That's true. You got Dreamy Dan. I mean, 611 without that. I mean, that's uh, almost half of what they used to let Chuck George do the, the that weather That is half on. of the weather segment, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and seven times the sports. <laughs> and Alexander, if you're you're I'm sorry I mentioned Chuck's name. Anyway, uh, let's... <laughs> it's a wacky Friday, kids. It's a wacky Friday. Uh, let's, uh, let's go to Val Cavazzo. So this is part of this series. I mean, she's got her own button up on top of the... Uh, KOLD called Free to Kill, and this is about a young lady and going through her, uh, basically having a, um, a a domestic partner beating the hell out of her, right? And all the way, everything that's the the ball has been dropped by from county attorney's office. They've had ex county attorneys come out and talk about what a train wreck Conover's office is, and the way that the, the domestic violence in relation to you have to fill out this questionnaire and it's just a train wreck. And her mom is one of the assistant fire chiefs at uh, Tucson fire too. So uh, let's go to, we have to like part five of this series. I feel like it's been part five. And also remember Val Cavazos is the first one to get uh, Chad Kazmar to come on the air and literally say two weeks ago, again, th this should be a story in every news outlet in Tucson. All those loser journalists that go on Burt Lee's show, right? The idea that they don't know that Chad Kaz or don't want to acknowledge that Chad Kazmar said there are not enough cops to properly patrol and protect the people of Tucson, um, as we like to say, kind of a big deal, right? And the only places you're going to hear it is here and Valerie Cavazos, which is sad as hell. So... Anyway, uh, I'm sure Rahina's got spending more of those fed fed dollars to uh, build non-racist bridges. So let's uh, let's go to Val Cavazos. Thousands of domestic violence defendants are released to pretrial services every year in order to follow their terms of release. But how are they monitored, and what happens if they don't follow the rules? Good evening, and thank you for joining us. I'm Valerie Cavazos. Tonight, our continuing 13 News investigation, Plea for Help, has found flaws in the system. Angel Carmona Rodriguez has confessed to strangling his ex-girlfriend and the mother of his child, Gracie McDonald. A judge released him under the supervision of pretrial services, but Gracie questions whether he's been supervised at all. Oh, there's a stinger for you. I want to just... I want to feel 
free. Free to live a normal life. But Gracie McDonald instead feels fear, worried the father of her child, Angel Carmona Rodriguez, will seek revenge after she reported he strangled her. He since pleaded guilty to the felony crime. Less than a day after his arrest 10 months ago, a judge released Angel under the supervision of pretrial services. Pretrial services. But Gracie it's like a dirty, says it's like a dirty there's word. little to no supervision. They give him these conditions of release and no one makes sure he's doing it. His terms of release spelled out in this pretrial services document. Angel cannot be within three blocks, 1,800 feet, of Gracie's home and work. But Gracie says Angel has violated that order every time he's shown up for work. He works right across from my work. His car is facing my work. How close is he? This Google map shows the job location on the northeast side is located only about a block away, well within the three-block boundary. We did confirm it with the business owner that he works there. And Gracie's mother, Sharon, says she has feared for her daughter's life. He knew she was working there, right? Absolutely. She's been working there the duration of the relationship. So you actually have a line of sight. You could see him? Yeah, he's literally, my work's right here. He's right here. Have you seen him? Uh, yeah, I've seen him outside multiple times. Why do you think he's working there? Um, there's no reason other than watching me. He can work literally anywhere else. This document reveals that deputies arrested Angel at a different location, miles away. The status update document shows pretrial services did not know Angel switched jobs until Gracie and Sharon reported it to them on December 20th. Months earlier, both reported to PTS that Angel also lives within the three-block boundary. The document shows it wasn't until December that PTS called Angel. He told the staffer he still lives at the same address, four miles away, but Sharon checked. So I did call back to pretrial services and said, hey, I have this information. This gentleman who actually lives at that address says that Angel does not live there. And she was told he never lived there. I checked it out and verified Angel doesn't live there after talking with the tenant who actually lives at that location and they didn't even check. They were just like, okay, sounds good. So not only is he violating that three block rule, he's violating his requirements to report. After Sharon called in December, PTS sent the information, the status update, to the court. But while on the call, the pretrial staffer told Sharon something she didn't expect to hear. I asked if they go and confirm, and he said, no, we don't do that. But part of pretrial's job, stated on its website, is to verify information. <laughs> right? Sharon I mean, says the on. staffer told her they make a phone call <clears throat> to the defendant, put notes in the file, and inform the court. That's not verifying his statement. Sweaty pits. That's just taking his statement. Mm -hmm. no, I, uh, this is, that's, it's almost getting silly. Though Sheriff Chris Nano supported Pima County's effort to reduce the jail population, he's now highly critical of it. I reached out to pretrial services for an on-camera interview, but once again, they denied my request. I had asked, how does PTS supervise suspects under its watch? I got this emailed response saying, part of pretrial's monitoring program is informing the court of any reported violations of conditions of release. In Gracie's case, she had to report the violations. Sharon says not only did PTS not verify information, a staffer told her something else that shocked her. Basically, in the period of time they're under pretrial services control, it's kind of a no man's land. The staffer told her pretrial services has no authority or jurisdiction or ability to follow up. 
they're limited on their ability to enforce until the individual is put into a, either the control of the prison system or the control of um, adult probation services. So what's the point of being under pretrial supervision? Right, right. That's my concern. But that's not all of it. The document Wait, reveals more. Angel has not maintained contact with pretrial services at the frequency directed. But I don't know that I'd call that being monitored. I don't think the judge, whoever the judge is, said, hey, I want you to stay in touch with pretrial services, but do it whenever you feel like it. Sharon says she pushed the Pima County Attorney's Office to step in, and a prosecutor set up a hearing with the judge. The judge didn't send Angel to jail for the violations. Rather, he extended the boundary from three blocks to two miles. But Gracie still can't rest easy because, Sharon explained, the judge had been told at the hearing that Angel's housing situation is unstable at the moment. Do you have faith in the system? No, and it, it's a scary thing. I'm scared. I need you to come do something because they, they just keep giving him chances. They keep saying, it's okay, just... Just ignore him, just go somewhere else. Why aren't you just saying, okay, you're going to jail, you violated this? Like, it's like they're protecting the wrong person. Well, welcome to Tucson. Angel's sentencing on the strangulation charge is scheduled next month, March 13th, and we'll let you know what happens. So, a couple, there's so many things here, right? So, first of all, thanks for Valerie for actually doing reporting right? Sending emails, getting emails, reporting on emails, doing interviews with humans, right? Going to the guy's apartment to see if he's still there, right? Getting in car, knocking on door. I love how they say, well, it's up to him to report his change of work to us. And then she says, well, no, here's, here's what your thing says on your own website that you do. And it's your responsibility. The one thing she didn't share that you can see in the in the in the video is so the guy moves across the it works directly across the street from where she's at right and so it's not so you say well maybe Chris maybe there's a this is a specific to his skills and that's one of the few places he could work uh, it's a circle K right so we're just saying. And then really interesting line there from Sweaty Pits. If you don't know Sweaty Pits is Sheriff Nanos. Um, Nanos, uh, I mean, the guy sweats like a warthog, dude. Um, if warthog sweat, it just sounded right. Now, um, here's the thing about the about Nanos. So she says in the piece that Nanos said um, he used to think that he wanted to l lower the jail population, but now he's reconsidering it. What? Remember, he's sitting, him and Conover are running around going, oh, we're going to have less people in the jail. Right? We're going to, you know, we should just put more bracelets around their ankles. That's going to do it. Right? I mean, come on. I mean. Well, and you get the quote-unquote less violent ones out, and so that changes the mix inside, which we've talked about. And again, you know, get more Chris, violent ones inside. Chris, and, and, well, and again, Chris Nanos, uh, this is really weird because he liked the quote, let's not have people go to jail because he scared away all his corrections people, either by one, him and his cabal being a bunch of jerks, or the vax mandate, which he lied to the Board of Soups that actually that a unvaccinated guard killed a perp, excuse me, a prisoner that basically we found out later was killed by a, a bad, not Narcan, the other stuff, methadone. 
administering by a third-party uh, vendor, right? So, you know, the, also the magic of uh, Facebook posts was literally like a year and a half ago. I get, I get, I get this memory from a, maybe a couple of years ago where he was complaining he was 100 down in Department of Corrections, and now he's down 150 to 160 in corrections. And, of course, he's got to pull sheriff's deputies off the streets of a dangerous county fl- flying with fentanyl to fill in for the 150 people that aren't working at his jail that should be working at his jail. So, and also the, the pay bump's nice. It's a great place to start. But uh, also I think uh, most people uh, understand that you don't want to go back and work for uh, Chris Nanos. That's where you're at. All right, let's go to break. Uh, we have uh, Tucson's finest purveyor, creator of low-acid, high-flavor coffees. It's Dan Spencer, the Filthy Pirate. You're on Wake Up Tucson, 10th of the Voice, local news and talk. All right, Bobby Plant bringing us back in to Wake Up Tucson. Ben from Divine Bovine coming up for Food Friday at 7.07. And we have the man known as the Filthy Pirate, Dan Spencer, in the house. Dan, good morning. Good morning. He is our... Uh, our provider of uh, our amazing uh, studio coffee here from Filthy Pirate. Good morning, sir. Good morning. Good morning to all the wakeys, and thank you for uh, stopping by and seeing us. How long have you been full-time Filthy Pirate now since you retired from the force? Uh, so probably t- uh, over, a little over two years. Okay. And I assume the the regret of doing that, of getting uh, retiring and doing this full-time is about zero. It is. <laughs> it is for lots of reasons, and I miss the I miss the people I worked with. I missed what we did, sure. what we were supposed to do. Thank you. Uh, let me clarify that the last few years, what we were supposed to do, but uh, I don't miss the all the nonsense. And in fact, kind of forgot about most of it. God bless you. Yeah, it's great. You get to hang out with your family and enjoy. Them I work and, with my family and, and, and see all the cool people like the Wakeys come in, and yeah, love it. The Wakey, there are some Wakeys I know who are. That's it. There you you've done your job. You've hooked them to the filthy pirate and they're not going they're not they're not going anywhere else. Yeah, it's blue collar <laughs> coffee, man. Like it's <laughs> not liberal trash. <laughs> so talk about I, I for for you know, we have new listeners they cycle on and off to the show over the years. Talk about your quest originally for originally low acid coffee that had great flavor. Yeah, so probably about 15, 16 years into law enforcement, which probably put me about 20 years in a uniform of drinking really bad coffee. <laughs> between it's, got, them. it's got flavor crystals. Yeah, <laughs> dirt water. My stomach just started to uh, not agree with it, and I was like, man, there's got to be a way to do it. And I was looking for a hobby, too, and so we went on a journey and did some research and talked to some people and figured out what low-acid coffee is, and coffee can be very acidic for lots of reasons and we were able to reduce um those reasons down to a very smooth coffee and we're kind of the staple in tucson and there's not many in the country doing it uh what we're doing with coffee it's not is it that much of a pain in the butt to eliminate the acid there is a greater expense and there is uh, a little more work into it um you can't buy just cheap coffee beans you know the green beans you have to kind of pick which beans are going to end up being a little bit lower in acidity also the dark darker the roast the lower the acidity um, by nature the lighter the roast the higher the acidity okay that's kind of a north american trend is to keep it light light medium and taste all the notes in there which also brings in the acidity 
which okay. is fine for a 20-year-old. It's not so good for a 45, 50, 60-year-old person. It's not, it's not a great experience. So we've done it. We've mastered it. We've done very well. Uh, we enjoy it. That's our lane. That's what we stay in. People ask us, why, are we, why don't we do a cafe? Why don't we serve cups of coffee? And we make coffee for people to brew at home or at work, and we don't do the cup thing, and I want no part of that. So... <laughs> It reminds me of when talking to Don from Barrio Bread because he his bread's a little more expensive than the average bear out there, but he's not using crap ingredients, crap oil, things like that, and you you don't get as much uh, digestive reverb off of his bread. And people who even have gluten issues are doing better with his bread that's not gluten free right. than they would otherwise. Right. Even our flavored coffees, which I think we have probably fifteen, sixteen of them right now. Um, they're all gluten-free oils that we use, natural oils. So we try to, everything that we do, we try to make sure that it doesn't counteract what we're doing with the actual base coffee. Right, because you can go the cheap way, which is a lot of artificial kind of flavored oils right. to do such things, and then it kind of defeats the purpose of what you we're You get what here. you pay for. Correct. And the flavored coffees are blowing up for you, aren't they? They are. The bourbon pecan is our top seller, has been for th- you know almost three years now, and <laughs> nothing even comes close to it. And what's the fun title of the uh, name of the bourbon pecan? Man of War. Man of War. Thank you. <laughs> it's going to sting you like a jellyfish. <laughs> Even if you don't like like flavored coffee, which is me, I don't normally do a lot of flavored coffees. I like the dark roast. The flavored coffees they grab you. Um, we've done a, a really good job with that. The um, what have you discovered is now that you've been doing it full time, he has a he has a nice little shop over in the Lily's Oriental uh, Market Shopping Center mm-hmm. over there on Lachoy and Orange Grove, which has a great selection of stuff to go do over there. Yeah, <laughs> it's really eclectic. There's tons of food. There's Japanese food, Chinese food, Thai food. Um, there's plus the the supermarket that's there as well, uh, which is kind of entertaining just to go in and, and look love, around. I yeah. love going in there. Great stuff there. That's and you a, got Bonddicted. We got Bonddicted. Bonddicted. Yeah. So I, I always tell one of the things, I, I, I've said it for 10 years, the people who own that shopping center, which I believe is a supermarket possibly. They do, yeah. Right? They need to market the whole center. Yeah, I was, I was kind of curious as to why there's not more center advertising and promoting of that, but uh, it's kind of a hidden little gem that's done well. So I, I would argue that that shopping center you're in has the best eclectic stuff of food stuff of any shopping center in Southern Arizona. Yeah, I would agree. Right? I yeah. mean, there, I don't think anyone touches it. And the food is good. Right. Like, it's not bad. It's not, It's not. you know, a hole-in-the-wall stuff that's going to make you sick or anything like that. That's really good. Yep. We eat it every day almost, my wife and I. I bet. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's talk about... As a guy who's a former military, former police officer, you are trying to give back through the coffee. We do. We do. We do a lot of charity throughout the year. Uh, We get a lot of requests for different military and law enforcement events. The big one that we do, uh, which I'm very proud of and I'm very happy to help Mrs. Height, is the Eric Height Foundation, which obviously is local. It helps provide uh, daycare and, and a lot of other resources. I'm, I'm not really not doing it justice, but she provides a lot of resources to our first responders uh, here in um, Southern Arizona, not just TPD, but all of the first responders. Um, so we have a coffee that you can purchase, um, a medium roast coffee, and which is what we're drinking this morning. Yep. 
and the proceeds of that coffee go back to Mrs. Heights Foundation, um, goes right back into your first responders. So you get great coffee when you buy it, and your money goes towards a good cause. Is it is it is just is it just called the Eric Height Foundation Coffee Blend? Or it is. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. I didn't know if it had a cool. You got so many cool. That's a cool name we, too. But. Yeah, we kept it uh, right in you know line <laughs> with what what our foundation is. And so Noemi right now is on the front line of um, collecting money for that uh, cop who lost his leg. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, about 10 days ago. So Correct. she's doing it again. Yeah. And uh, from what I hear, a young cop, he's ready to go back to work, uh, even though he's physically not ready. Mentally, he's ready, um, which is, you know, kind of a testament to just that profession. And it doesn't get enough credit these days as to the caliber of people that we have out there. So get out there and support and donate to her cause, buy some coffee. The money goes right back to, to your first responders and their families. What's the uh, the next step for the pirate empire? Where 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 what what does growth look like if you if you and your wife sat down and wrote that down? What's that look like in the next five years? You um, you know, we we've kind of just started talking about what what we want to do. We're really happy with what we have. We've brought on probably since we've been in that store. We we started with five coffees, uh, five different roasts. We probably have thirty five now plus oh my tea. Lord. We have local honey. Local hot sauce, spices, ugly rubs, cookies. ugly cookies that we make. Which, <laughs> if you've had them, you know what what they're about. They're uh, it's they're very addictive, like crack cocaine. Um, so. I I can confirm, not that I know what crack cocaine is like, but I can definitely <laughs> confirm that they are very yummy and very addictive. My wife makes these. She's done it for thirty years. Um, she's done a fantastic job making these. And we used to just give them as gifts at holiday season, and people would literally almost fight over these things. They're a couple amazing. years ago. We decided let's let's hand some out at the store, and then people said you should sell them. We would like to buy more. We've had people come in and buy them, walk out, eat them in the car, come back in the store and buy them again. <laughs> they are that good. I won't touch them. Like I, I'll if I have one, it's done. I'm I'm. Knee deep in a bag, yeah. Gotcha. So. All right, they so start f- knocking at the door, you know, an hour before it opens. <laughs> hey, man. Hey, man. Can I get a fix? <laughs> so filthypirate.coffee on the, on, the, on the interwebs, filthypirate.coffee. Correct. Uh, Orange Grove and La Choya. What's hours of operation usually? We're closed on Wednesdays. Okay. Um, that's the only day we're closed. We're 10 to 5 through the week and 11 uh, to 4 on Sunday. 10 to 5 on Saturday as well. Gotcha. Well, thanks for doing what you're doing. You're living your Thank coffee you dream after all your service of, over all these years. And I love your story. Thank we you. We love your coffee. Appreciate it. Matt, how are we doing on supplies? Do we need uh, this young man to crank us out another bag anytime soon? You- I would say uh, soonly. I mean, we're about uh, we're about 60% through our bag. Okay. All right. We'll get it in the roaster tonight, and you'll, you'll be ready to go here soon. You're a good man, Dan Spencer. Thank you, guys. All right, my friend. Take care. Take care. Filthy Pirate Coffee, Orange Grove and La Cholla. Make it Make it part of your day.